This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. your grief. It is a reflection of the depth of your love and caring. Valeria Tellis interviews Lucia Darrow and Janet Childs, the author of Experiential Action Methods and Tools for Healing Grief and Loss-Related Trauma. About Lucia, among the important shaping influences in Lucia's life are being a lifelong member of the spiritual practice of Sabood, serving in leadership roles in public benefit nonprofit organizations, and being the main founder of Seven Circles Retreat Center in the Sierra Foothills of California. Most of her professional career was in biomedical research related to immunology at Stanford University. She is principal author of the original peer-reviewed journal articles under the names Lucia Rott and Lucia Sutherland. Lucia switched her life focus to work with others as a therapist. Her experience with losing a very beloved partner and walking her own grief journey is the platform on which she has stood to support others. She used psychodrama methods to develop the experiential action tools to work specifically with grief. It is her sincere hope that experiential action methods and tools to heal grief and loss-related trauma will be helpful to grieving people after the death of a loved one. Lucia is now happily married to fellow therapist Mark Darrow, living in Santa Cruz County. Lucia Darrow is currently a psychotherapist and nationally certified psychodramatist in private practice in Soquel, California. She has facilitated grief groups, intensive outpatient groups, and psychodrama groups, and has done educational presentations to people who work with grief. She is certified by CAMFT as a continuing education provider. About Janet, since 1970, Janet Childs has been actively providing crisis intervention counseling and education, focusing on the dynamics of loss, illness, crisis, and grief. As a founding member of the Center for Living with Dying, Janet has worked with thousands of individuals, groups, and professionals on the front lines. Janet provides education and intervention to public safety personnel and healthcare responders, as well as the community. She has personally facilitated response to many major critical incidents, such as 9-11, and more recently, the Gilroy Festival shootings, as well as the COVID-19 pandemic. Combining her love of music with her personal and professional experience with loss, 
she creates a safe and healing environment to gently examine these difficult life issues. Meet Lucia and Janet at BillWilsonCenter.org and LuciaMFT.com. Here is the interview with Lucia Darrow and Janet Childs. In your own words, who is Lucia Darrow and Janet Childs? Would you like to start, Janet? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so I've had the privilege for the past 45 years to work with grieving folks and also for caregivers and responders on the front lines who have survived a critical incident. And what I have learned from being with grieving people is that when we have the ability to process our grief, we can actually make meaning from it. So I am so honored to be here. And as the co-author for our book, Experiential Action Methods, Tools for Healing, Grief and Trauma-Related Issues, Life, Death, and Transformation, so grateful for it all. Wonderful. Janet? And so who is Lucia? That is a, that's a big question. So I, my background, actually, most of my career was in biomedical research in the process of the evolution of my life, I became more oriented around um, being in service to people. I, I would say that what I bring to this book is kind of a combination of curiosity. Um, I have experience with having written academic work and the personal experience of having a lifelong spiritual practice and having experienced personally, uh, the loss of a very beloved partner who was himself a psychodramatist. So it's, I have lots of life experience. What insights have you gained from the events in 2020? So Janet, I think this is definitely your question. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're actually calling it 360 grief. Because we have been so impacted in every dimension, every area of our life. And we are going through an incredible grief process, not only for living through COVID-19, but all of the other griefs that it has brought to the surface and taken the scab off the wound. Um, racial injustice, financial inequity, climate change, uh, natural disasters, which we are having quite a bit of here in California, and uh, creating a safe ground for people to come together and to support each other, to connect with each other, has been a powerful force that we have found that's incredibly helpful. And that's what the book talks about, actually is how can we do that with each other? How can we do that as therapists, as counselors, as people that are providing support? And as Lucia said, bringing service to our community. Uh, that has been my lifelong goal. And more now than ever, we need to be able to have that opportunity to come together and support each other. What is your understanding of death and its meaning? I see death as just like a veil that people pass through. And there is a possibility that I experienced with myself when I experienced a loss of a loved one, 
and have witnessed um, in the people that I've worked with is that veil creates a change in the relationship because there's no longer the physical component. But the connection, and we can't understand this necessarily with our minds, but people can experience that that there continues to be a relationship after somebody, after a loved one dies. Janet, would you like to add anything to that? What we found over the years of working at the Center for Living with Dying, and we have worked with over 1.5 million people going through grief and death-related issues. And what we've heard from so many folks is that that connection does not end. And I happen to personally believe, as Lucia does, that that connection does not have to end, but it does change. It does change in a really powerful way. It can, as a matter of fact, be very difficult to build that reconnection. And that is a, a great deal of what our work is about, helping people to make meaning out of the connection, even in the incredible pain and trauma of grief and loss. And many times we have to start by acknowledging the pain and the loss of the physical person and then work to rebuilding and reclaiming that relationship in a new way. I, I, I just want to add, I think this is in some ways the very core of the work that we do is based on assisting people to realize that they have their loved one internalized on a cellular level and that in the process of grief to be able to connect with that which the survivor gets to keep is extremely healing, it turns out. Yeah, I love your methods and the work that you do, your book. I was just wondering if um, anyone can use it. I know it was created for professionals, but I'm wondering if you, like somebody like me could use to prepare for the death of a loved one. Is that possible? I think so. You know, some of the, so the book contains uh, some written materials that have been used and developed for the Center for Living with Dying. And some of those written materials include uh, strategies or ideas to use some of the ideas of, well, the, the experiential methods. So I do, I do feel like for many people who have experienced loss, that having this kind of book would be helpful. Do you think it's uh, realistic to think or believe that we can prepare to lose someone we love? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Actually, my, my I have a specialization in creative expression um, in, in uh, my counseling education. Yeah. And the project that I did was exactly that. Wow how to prepare for what was going to be the very likely experience that my very beloved partner would at some point die. Yeah. And I do, and because of this project in which I invited him, while of course still alive, um, to speak about what he would say to me as I was grieving, and he sort of became very quiet for a moment and said, you know, I'm okay. I've had a long life. And it's time for me 
And there was such a transformation in my feelings to acknowledge that life comes to an end. And that's, that's the way our life experience is. And to ex- ex- hear his words that he was at peace and he actually indicated some sense of welcoming it, that his life, his successful life had come to an end. And it did make a difference for me when he actually died. That stayed with me very much. There's a a phrase that you have in your book. It says, honor your grief. It is a reflection of the depth of your love and caring. Let's talk about grief for a moment. I have lots of questions here. The first one is the definition of grief. What is grief and how is it different from stress and trauma? Actually, I I believe that we kind of put them all together (laughs) as our natural response to any change or loss in our life. Any change or loss, even a positive experience of change can be a grief. True. You know, in fact, as we move towards the third way, as we are living through these pandemic times, when we build our new normal, it will be difficult because it will be another change even though hopefully it will be much better and much more humane. So, and many times what people feel about grief and what we've heard so many times is that, you know, I don't have the right to grieve because it's not a death-related grief. And actually, we grieve as deeply as we bond. And uh, so as deeply as we bond to whatever or whomever, That's the profoundness of the grief and the ability to, again, make meaning out of the pain is what gives us hope to build that new future. Also, grief and mourning, is that the same thing or somehow different? Lucia, I I think this is yours. (laughs) I I think they're they're just very um, integrated as a whole process. I I, um, see... Grief is the impact of loss and mourning as how we grow and process and come to acceptance and finding a new normal, that the mourning is more of the process. I just wanted to add something also, Janet, to what you said is that at some point, I think many of us who have done a lot of work with grief and framing what's happening in 2020, looking at the sort of identified issues that come up around typical grief, if that's there is such a thing, okay. and realizing that so many of the issues overlap with what we as a society have been facing in this last year. I couldn't agree more, Lucia. In fact, I, we, we talked about the cascade effect in the book and the power of the cascade effect, how one loss creates another loss creates another loss. And it's amazing how if we can start by acknowledging, you know, and expressing the grief, you know, sharing it together, it actually creates an opportunity for us to then do an action step where we can claim some meaning for it and through it and with it. But we can't do that until we first acknowledge and express. And that is the biggest gift we can give to each other is safety to do that. How the global really interacts with the personal. How we are impacted by what happens around us. 
and what happens inside of us. What is spirituality to you? To me, spirituality is connection with the divine, with, and people have different names for that, whether it's God or Allah or the great life force, the creator. It's a connection with the energy of the universe. And it's not, there's, there's, in my feeling, there's no one group that has the monopoly on that. Right. And so in my work with people and within my own life, I welcome that aspect of their being to help with their well-being and healing. Lucia, talk to me for a moment about the spiritual practice called Sabud. Sabud. Yeah, yeah. Yes, please. Um, so, uh, so this is a practice that I began when I was 18 years old. And the essence of it is it is considered an, a spiritual exercise that people and a practice. So you could say that it's also a practice. And that practice is for the purpose of strengthening one's own connection with the divine. And so it's, uh, it's, it honors that people have different, different needs, uh, different life curriculums, if you will, and that each one of us has sort of a piece of that divine connection within us. And, and our, my practice has been about working with the challenges of being human and coming into more perfect alignment with what what is my life destiny what is my work here what is my purpose here what do you think is the purpose of the human experience go ahead janet you can start first this time all righty <laughs> well i believe the purpose of human experience is to love and to be loved if i could sum it up mm. into a simple uh, remark to love everything around us, all beings, all creation, and to be able to receive that love. Um, we call it the infinity of giving and receiving, so that when we build that connection and as we give and receive love and compassion, we get to know ourselves on a deeper level, and it allows our souls to journey through what maybe appears to be trials and griefs and losses and trauma, to get to a deeper understanding of ourselves and what that means for us and our purpose. And one of my symbols I often use, as you can probably see on my photograph, is the use of the candlelight. Uh, light has been used as a symbol universally around the world. And it's that we can be that light for each other and for the world by being our most deeply honest and pure self. And so it's this wonderful dichotomy of I am my pure self, but I'm also merged with everything else and everyone else. And it's holding both of those, the heartbeat of that, that I believe is the purpose of life.
So for, for me, um, I appreciate hearing what you have said, Janet. For me, I come to the deep belief that life is an incredible gift and that this is sort of the embodied platform where you get to grow on a soul level. And part of that is just, you know, we were embodied into these bodies, into the human experience of of the whole human toolkit, which goes from the sublime and joy to, to the harder issues of rage, anger, and so on. It's an opportunity to, to sort of refine our beings, our beings that will continue into existence after this body that we have no longer exists. When you say that, is that a, a belief or a knowing? For me, it's a knowing. It's a real, it's, it's a knowing actually that I think was part of my own personal process of part of my life, sort of viewing life as a, as a road that involves suffering and surviving <laughs> and really sort of coming to know that what a, what an enormous gift my life is. And it is so much like a knowing in my body and in my heart, and in my spirit. It's what I trust. I, I put my life on the line for it. I put my life on the line for it. Wow. Uh, that's how much I trust it, because there is that flow that I am a part of, and as I let go and trust that flow, I will hopefully be able to bring that light wherever I go. Mm-hmm. So my last warm-up question is freedom. What is to be free to you? Hmm. <laughs> Let's see. I guess I would feel like that's the process of becoming disentangled from that which prevents us from living according to our soul destiny. Please, Janet, what is the meaning of freedom? What is to be free to you? To be free to me is to be wholly and completely myself in every dimension of my being. And to have freedom in the world means that as long as people are not free to be wholly and completely themselves, because I am connected to them, I am not free either. So my freedom is directly connected and directly intertwined and woven into everybody's freedom. So you wrote the book, Experiential Action Methods and Tools for Healing, Grief, and Loss-Related Trauma. What was the inspiration, intention, and the purpose of writing this book? I feel like it came about, as in everything in life, is a reflection of my own life experience with having suffered through the loss of a very beloved partner. And that sort of married with my own shift in my life focus to be in service to others. And so in the fledgling process of this, where I was working as an intern in the Center for Living with Dying and started to incorporate some of the action methods, which at that point I was studying to be certified and and noticing how powerful that as a methodology was in my own healing. 
so I basically just took the tools of psychodrama, experiential methods, creative expression, and started to insert them into the incredible structure of the grief program that was developed by Janet and some of her colleagues. So it was really just incorporating that and seeing um, that actually this really worked well for others also because it had been a powerful tool for my own healing. Yes. Janet? I was so inspired by Lucia and her personal journey through her own grief and loss experiences. And it brought me back to remembering how it was for me when we started the Center for Living with Dying. And it was actually Lucia that encouraged me to co-write the book with her. And I am so grateful for it because it is a true compilation and a, a synthesizing of many of our tools that we've had developed for many years, along with Lucia's incredible braiding of experiential action methods into the process of grief counseling and support. And I, I believe what it gave me was the opportunity to see how it perfectly dovetailed in many ways that I had not known before. And experiencing our group participants and how they benefited from going through these processes, mm -hmm. which we had done before, but were exponentially deepened and um, creating more of an incredible connection just filled me with joy. I was so excited to be a part of, of bringing this book to our world and to make it into a simple you know, accessible form that anyone could pick up and read and be able to get some insight into how they could get support for themselves or give support to others. So, I mean, the inspiration was amazing. And we often have a saying, grief and trauma know no time. So it doesn't matter how long ago a grief experience happened. Uh, we work with grief no matter how long ago it happened at the Center for Living with Dying. And the experiential action methods can actually work with grief no matter the time. And so it can be done to heal a broken heart. And that is just what filled me with excitement about doing it. But I do have to give Lucia credit. She was the one that came to me with the, with the idea, with the, the open hands <laughs> yeah. to bring it together. You talk about, in a book, the four components of healing feelings, uh, tools for survival, acknowledge, express, act, and reconnect. And you also mentioned that these um, components are different from the stages of grief. Talk to me about the difference and also about these components. That's yours, Janet. All right. <laughs> well, we came up with this structure uh, many years ago at the Center for Living with Dying when we realized that grief is so chaotic and unpredictable that there really are not stages of grief. It's more like um, riding a roller coaster or being in a whirlwind where you may experience several different feelings and reactions all at once. 
And we realized because it can be so overwhelming for people going through grief that we needed a structure by which we could manage, we could process the grief. And we came up with these four steps. Nothing can be done until we acknowledge. And in fact, there was an amazing quote that was on our first stationery when we first began in 1976. And it's from James Baldwin. Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. And what the acknowledgement is about is it gives us the safe ground to acknowledge this is hurting for me. This is hard for me. This is whatever it is for me. I'm going to acknowledge it and then expressing it, getting the feelings from the inside to the outside, getting the details of the grief. What is hitting me the hardest right now? What is impacting me the most? And then being able to do an action step. Now, the action step doesn't necessarily mean that we take away the pain of the grief, but it means that we do an action step to get from out of control to in control, even if it is simply to light a candle or to be a, um, have a moment of compassion with ourselves or to do one of the exercises in used through experiential action methods that can help us process the grief so that we make meaning out of it. And then the last step is to reconnect with what is still good, to reconnect with the goodness, the sweetness, you know, the strength, the, the uh, love that we have still in our life, even as we are processing through this grief. So acknowledge, express, act, and reconnect. Some people in my family talk about time, that time heals everything. But I always doubted that when it came to grief, about time and healing when it comes to grief. Would you like to make a comment about that? I, I would like to make a comment about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems to me that, that when healing, one of the definitions of progress with healing is being able to hold and acknowledge that there will always be sorrow over the loss. Um, but the working with some of the universal grief issues, loneliness, sadness, frozen moments, unfinished business, it, it has the possibility of being able to create an internal shift so that people are able to hold both the love, the connection, the benefit that people experience and get to keep from the relationship with a loved one, and that that can actually coexist with sorrow. So we're almost at the end, and there's so many questions here. But before I ask you my final questions, you have the action methods for working with loneliness, fear, sadness, anger, unfinished business, frozen moments, and guilt. And you also have the vignettes for each one of them. So, Lucia, would you like to read one of those? Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I, I think this gives people more of a, an actual flavor of right. what it is. Yeah. So this one is a vignette that was uh, on unfinished business. And, um, and we go through a little bit of a process for people to identify what are the issues that are continuing to hang on that are just really difficult for them. 
And so this is an actual story of a woman that spoke about her husband's clothes, that he, she didn't know what to do with them. And so in the moment, um, I grabbed a box of tissues and put it out in front of her and said, here is the drawer of your husband's clothes. Start taking the clothes out and talk to them as you take them out. So the client became um, very emotional, sobbing, saying, I love you so much. And as she took the first tissue, she said, here are the socks you used to wear when going to the gym. Taking another tissue, here's your shirt that we got when we were in Hawaii. Oh, we used to have such a good time traveling. So all of the group members at this point were really moved. Uh, many began to cry quietly, relating to what the group member was saying. The person began, continued to talk about the memories that the items of clothing held for her. At some point, I said, if I was a piece of clothing, I might be saying, I help you remember your husband, Jack. The group member said, I just can't bear to get rid of the clothing. I know there are family members and friends who would enjoy receiving a piece of clothing belonging to Jack. And I reflected, yes, it's very hard to get rid of Jack's clothing. Can we bring Jack into the room and hear what words he says to you? And she began, oh, he would think. And so I immediately grabbed a chair and an empty chair and sat it next to her and invited her to take Jack's seat and to speak from his voice, saying, let's hear what he has to say. And so the group member in the role of her beloved husband said, I love you. I am with you. I am not the clothes. And then I asked the group member in the role of her husband, is it a problem for you? if she gets rid of your clothes. And at that point, the group member said emphatically, no, I would like my friends and family members to have something to remember me by. And so then I did a role reversal, putting her back in her own chair and asked her if I could touch her as I allowed her to also hear her husband's words. And she agreed to that. And I stepped behind the group member and put both hands over her heart, speaking from the role of her husband, saying, I am Jack. I love you. I am always with you in your heart. I am not the clothes. Can you feel my presence in love? And the group member said yes. So then I invited uh, her to just stay with this knowing, to begin to take slow breaths and after she had sat in that moment for a few moments, I asked if there were some last words that she wanted to say to her beloved husband. And she said, yes, I love you, Jack. So the last part of this process is to invite group members to reflect on how the person's work affected them. It's, it's not a time for them to talk about what happened in the vignette, but only to talk about how they themselves were touched by it. And that's, that's sort of a very important aspect of psychodrama, that you really honor that the person who's just done the work has just had psychic surgery. And this is a moment of healing and support that other people can connect with what their experience was.
I'd like to mention that I love your work and sections in there that caught my attention. The uh, using music with grief, you have poetry to poetry with grief, the circle of meaning. Um, I love the self-care toolbox you have there too. The essence in expression activity, it's beautiful. And you also have the grounding and stress reduction tools. I mean, you have so much more. <laughs> this caught my attention. Would you like to add anything before I ask you my final questions? I would just like to express to everyone that is listening to this wonderful interview that you have the strength, the ability, and the courage to try out some of these exercises. Do them with another person to create safety, but take the chance to explore your grief. I would say don't be afraid of it. The reason we developed the, the grounding self-care you know, um, handout was to allow people to be able to stay grounded. If they're in a place where maybe they do not have access to a therapist or they do not have access to maybe professional support, we want them to be able to take in the information, be gentle with themselves. That is probably the thing that Lucia and I probably say the most, is be gentle with yourself in this process. Because as we take it moment by moment, day by day, and we focus on working on what has the most power in this moment. So we don't try to process the grief in its entirety all in one time. We try to take it moment by moment, whatever has the most energy, whatever is the most powerful, that's generally where we go. Would you like to add anything, Lucia? No, I don't think so. It's, it's interesting to revisit one of the vignettes because it's kind of taken me back into that feeling of, yeah. <laughs> of the transformation of how, how difficult grief issues can be transformed with experiential methods. What is another word for healing? Um, I would say being able to find a new normal, to redefine life meaning. I was very touched by the book Finding a Man's Search for Meaning, you know, of making, being able to sort of realize that we are, we continue to be here on earth embodied for a reason. And so being able to, to find a new normal, new satisfaction, new life meaning. Yeah. And Janet? I would agree with everything that Lucia has said and would possibly add that healing has a great deal to do with the courage to enter into your journey to enter into your journey, to be honest, to be willing to take a risk and explore the deepest parts of your soul and your heart and your mind and your body and your relationships to the world and to the people in it. And so if we can hold on to that courage and that honesty, it will lead us on our journey towards building that new meaning 
Yes. Uh, how many yes can I say? Yeah. I want to say yes also, Janet. That was say? beautiful. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, wonderfully said. So my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? It's important to be in a place of connection with love. It's important to be in a place of gratitude for uh, the many gifts of this life. And it's important to just keep on keeping on and just doing the best that we can with compassion for ourselves and others. I could not agree more. It's important to be in the sphere and in the field of love and compassion. When we can have that love for ourselves, we can have that love for each other and all that's around us. Right. That's right. I think the second part about life is that life is an incredible gift. It is a gift. It is a sweet gift. And I would invite us to drink it in through our five senses, <laughs> to drink it in through our heart, to drink it in through our soul and to drink it in through our spirit, because we will never have this moment again. This is an unrepeatable moment that is full of life, and I'm so grateful to be holding it and being with it with the two of you as we explore the magic of this universe and what we can be for and with each other. Thank you so much for your presence, your peaceful, compassionate presence, for your wisdom, for the work that you do, and everything else in between. Thank you. And thank you, Valeria, so much thank for you. inviting us as your guests. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Well, um, if people type in my name, there's, um, you know, I have, a, I have a profile as a psychotherapist, of course, the information on Amazon, you know, I have a writer's profile. Um, I have information on LinkedIn. And Janet and I are in the process of exploring what's next. Mm. Yeah. And I also have the Amazon link to your book, and I will have the website link too. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much, Valeria. Thank you so much, Valeria. Bye-bye. Janet and Lucia, bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Lucia Darrow and Janet Childs and their work, please visit BillWilsonCenter.org and LuciaMFT.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.